Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Come behind the curtain and follow private investigator Sheila Wysocki for Season 6, Defamation or Truth, in the matter of Christian Andriacchio. In this episode, you will hear from Ray Andriacchio, Ray will talk about the Critical K lawsuit. Ray will also give us an update on the special prosecutor, her other lawsuits, and talk about the defamation case. This is a nice break from listening to Jet Miller's deposition. Sit back and catch up with Ray Andriacchio. The very first question I've been asked about what's going on with you is what are the updates on the cases? Well, everything's moving, you know, pretty slow as it does in both civil and criminal matters, I guess. Um, We just had a hearing on the critical K um, lawsuit and we're waiting for the judge to um, rule on our motion for uh, summary judgment or default judgment and we feel like we should hear something in the next week or two. Um, he was pretty you know, clear that he was going to make a pretty quick determination about that. Uh, we feel pretty good about that that case. Um, Karen Yax did not show up to court. So, um, you know, she wasn't there to defend any of her motions or anything that had that was kind of pending. Uh, Karen Yax uh, goes under, I guess, the uh, name of Critical K on, I really don't know whether she's still on Facebook or YouTube. She was initially, she was on YouTube and she was a, I guess, content creator and did a lot of um, true crime type discussions. And, um, you know, what she told my brother in a phone conversation with him was that she had been approached and paid by that group of people or someone in that group of people um to basically say whatever they wanted her to say um and she you know it, it, i think admitted that she did no investigation no vetting of the information they gave her she just kind of spewed out whatever you know frankie wagner and dylan swearingen and the different people uh told her And then it became, as it progressed, it became more, more about attacking me. At some point, Christian was even kind of forgotten (laughs) and it became about attacking me, attacking my other children, my extended family, um, and just a lot of, um, bullying really, um, and things. Uh, so it became a defamation, you know, she made a lot of, statements that she put out there is pretty much factual 
the information that she put out, she had audio of Dylan calling her and other people in Mississippi calling her with information. Oh, she interviewed Dylan on her whatever it was, whatever you call that. It's not really a podcast, but episode. I mean, I never listened to anything of hers, but I think he may have been on there more than one time. And he was, you know, frequently in her comments and in her, I guess she would have a panel or a board or something. And so he was, I think, in that a lot of the times. Uh, she claimed to have spoken to Whitley multiple times and interviewed her, but not on line. I mean, on the show or whatever, I think that she talked to maybe Whitley's mother on the program, um, Jared Boston. There was multiple people um, that she either talked to live during her program or stated that she was having these conversations with them and getting the information from them. She has video and conversations that probably could be subpoenaed, correct? Yes. Well, yes. I hope she keeps them. The case with Richie McAllister is basically on hold, waiting to see what the ruling for the Supreme Court is regarding the Frankie Wagner, uh, Marvin Sanders lawsuit of conspiracy. Um, that one, because they're all very similar in nature and, and the, I guess, the core point, um, we're waiting for the Supreme Court and we don't, you know, you don't know how long that could be. Um, they, they submitted it um, without oral arguments January 9th, I think, this year. And so it could be, I mean, you know, we may hear something in next week or it could be next year. We, you just, there's no rhyme or reason to it. So that has everything on hold with moving forward on that. Um, and that really is based on, you know, the release of the autopsy photos, release of the um, entire case file, and that that was done intentionally to hurt us, harm us, and basically bully us into giving up, essentially. Can you tell who the two different defendants are, Frankie Wagner and Marvin Sanders? Well, Frankie Wagner is Whitley Goodman's uncle by marriage. And of course, he's been a the push for that side, I guess you'd say. Um, he's been, in, in my opinion, behind most of the the Facebook pages and the different things um, that have been said and done to hurt us, to hurt Christian. Um, then Marvin Sanders was the prosecutor who presented his case to grand jury from the attorney general's office. Marvin Sanders worked at the attorney general's office. The allegations are Marvin Sanders released the files to Frankie Wagner and then Frankie Wagner released it to the general public. Is that correct? Yes. He released it, yes, to Frankie and then, of course, to several other people and who received it prior to us receiving it. And then Frankie Wagner, you know, kind of collaborated with other individuals to get it distributed as much as possible. You know, I think that's when the unjustifiable Facebook page kind of started. That was one one kind of group that was essentially 
to tear Christian down, to tear the case down, you know. Um, and then there was another, well, there were several Facebook groups, but then they started the, I don't even know what the name of it is, like the investig something, the Christian Andreacchio murder or investigation group or something. I don't know. And um, basically the same group of people that was doing all the talking and unjustifiable then just kind of moved over to that other Facebook Group. And the purpose of that was not to find answers to Christian's case. It was to actually uh, harm you guys, in your opinion. Well, or in my opinion, yes, that it, it was to put out a lot of, I guess you'd say propaganda <laughs> or a lot of, you know, to try to poke holes in any forensic evidence that we had, they would then attack when, when they attacked you. I mean, you know, anybody that, any investigator any um, expert that we um, brought forth with evidence that, you know, we was trying to present to the DA or to get someone, the attorney general's office, to get someone to look at it, um, they would then attack that person and try to find anything they could. And then they'd fabricate stuff too, if they couldn't find anything to try to cause people to question the results of that expert. Right. What's the next one? Uh, we have um, the special prosecutor, which isn't a lawsuit. It was just a, a motion that we appealed Judge Wright's decision to not appoint a special prosecutor. So we are, we just received the scheduling um, list of our timeframes for the different briefs to be filed. So we're hopeful that, you know, again, you're dealing with the Court of Appeals. So we're hoping that maybe within the next four months, four to six months, we'll have a, you know, a decision about that, about um, whether or not he is responsible for appointing a special prosecutor due to the fact that both Cassie Coleman and the representative from the attorney general's office in his court both agreed there needed to be a special prosecutor there was new evidence there was evidence that was never shown to a grand jury and there should be an outside prosecutor appointed i am in a case where the attorney is taking it to the grand jury why haven't you all done that that has been mentioned but i don't I don't know. I don't know that anyone thinks they really can, I don't, I, you know, here. And and I don't know, again, it has been mentioned and said that in the statutes or, or whatever the law, that there is some avenue to do that, but no one appears to be volunteering. So uh, yeah. uh, we haven't gone down that road yet, I guess. It's a hard one. I mean, you've got to get a good attorney. And in the case I'm working, the attorney's fantastic and very dedicated to the truth and justice. So, you know, you would need the right person that would fight for you, basically. Right. That is an option. And then we're also doing an inquest in that case, right? And that's something else that's I think a little easier than a grand jury, but I think you would be able to get a grand jury to indict. I really do. It, if y'all walked in and did it after we go through this, we'll talk. We've got any other case that we need to update. 
I don't think so. I think that's about it at, at this current time. <laughs> okay. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. During the deposition, Ray, you're sitting in the room with all the attorneys and Jet. What was the biggest surprise during Jet's deposition? Um, well, I mean, I think the overall I remember coming back and telling, because, you know, you and I were the only two there that went to all of them. And I would come back and tell Todd, like, how the, you know, how the day went, basically. And I was just so surprised at how um, he was not prepared for the deposition. I was surprised that an attorney would allow him to go in and be almost totally unprepared for questions that they knew that he was going to be asked and his his lack of knowledge or understanding of even what the lawsuit was about i mean that he didn't even really know why that he you know it was just it, it was that's i think surprised me the most is just his his obvious lack of involvement in the decision to sue the deceit, you know, there, there was just not even a basic knowledge of what the lawsuit was about, really. And I mean, as far as just, um, I think when it came to the case or information or whatever was probably, well, there were several things, but I think one of the main things was when, when he did say that they got together and decided to leave Zach Tab's name out of everything. And to me, that that was planning. That was obviously them knowing we got to get our stories together. You know, so we're all on board with saying Zach Tab wasn't there. We're all on board that, they, you know, which we always knew that there was some, that they didn't do a very good job of getting their stories together because nobody could decide who shot the gun and who didn't shoot a gun. Um, but I think that they tried you know, quickly to throw a story together and that you had to do that. I mean, if this was a suicide, you didn't, shouldn't be having to get your story straight and having to decide whose name you're going to leave out, and whose name you're going to put in. And um, I was surprised that he admitted that because to me, that was, like I said, it was planning. It was um, knowing we're in trouble here we're going to be asked questions and this is what we need to say. Exactly. It was kind of like put on a suit that is too big for you, show up and answer these questions and they're surprise questions to them. They weren't like, oh, I know this is coming. Exactly what you said. It was shocking to him. It furthered the case, I believe, for us to know the things about, well, there was another person there. Here's the name of him. 
Oh, and as far as character and integrity, it's frightening to think that somebody used fake pee to get a job that could potentially harm other people. Well, I, I think there's, yeah, there's just, there was that just kind of lack of um, social awareness, like that maybe I shouldn't be saying this, um, which again, to me kind of shows just um, the the character, the, you know, of the person in that you, you feel like this is okay. Um, and, and, and just so many things. It wasn't just that the job stuff. It was, you know, people overdosing at his house. And that was like an everyday, I mean, he acted like that was no big deal. Oh, I don't know, three or four people have overdosed at my house. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. I have never had anybody overdose at my house, but he acted like that was just no big deal. You know, oh yeah, they've overdosed at my house. <laughs> I loved it when the attorney said, um, why are all these people overdosing at your house? Great question. Why are they? There's no accountability. No law enforcement looking after that situation. Well, right, yeah. You would think that you, the that that house or that location would be on somebody's radar. If an ambulance is having to go to your house three and four times to pick somebody up because they've overdosed, I mean, to me that would be a big red flag that maybe somebody needs to be watching them. I mean, you know, or 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 um doing something uh even just for public safety i mean you know how many people that luckily no one you know as far as i know actually died i mean you know they were have all i mean as, as far as the ones he named um so i would it's just it was just again kind of crazy to me that that just kind of kept occurring repeatedly and nobody <laughs> did anything about it so who does he have connections with and who does he know in order for that to be okay? I mean, that's what I think when I hear that one person after another is overdosing at someone's house. It's a small enough town that people have to talk about it. Do they not? Well, I mean, the way we even found out to even ask that question was, you know, someone saw my, my older son's name tag somebody just walking in the hall like somebody there to see someone and they you know stopped him and said are you christian's brother and he said yes and i think we'll say just making conversation and said well you know why why are you here and he said well they just brought my whether it was his nephew or i mean it was some family member in for an overdose and he said actually he overdosed at Jet Miller's house and he said I think it happens all the time and so then that's when we you know started kind of asking questions like well just how many people have overdosed at his house because he had he had said that the ambulance about oh we know that address well we go there a lot wow and so you know that was how we even knew that there was a lot of overdoses occurring at the house but in order to get that information, you can do a public records request, correct? I don't know how that would work because that would be considered probably medical records. I mean, I don't know if the ambulance runs. I guess you could do it probably just for ambulance runs and not necessarily know, you know, who they're picking up. And um, you would just know that they went to the same address. Right. Um, whether or not they would give that to you, I don't know. 
that kind of goes into that whole 911 theme. We had such a difficult time with the 911 call and they refused to turn it over. I actually think it, it, you can get the address and you can get that. The listeners have been asking, why has Whitley not been deposed? You know, we did try to depose her. I think she was set. It was at least two dates, if not three. And it kept getting moved uh, by her, not by us. And uh, you and I would get very upset every time they allowed it to be moved. And, and then, of course, we were supposed to depose her the day the day we were, you know, we deposed Jet. And then the next day we were supposed to depose Whitley. And that night um, they dropped the lawsuit or they filed a motion for the lawsuit to be um, dismissed. And so, um, and of course, we felt like that they would never allow it. We would never depose her because we had always said they'll drop it before she's ever deposed. And I think that they pushed it back, pushed it back as far as they could. And then when it got to the point where our attorneys was like, oh, no, this we're not going to allow it to be pushed back anymore. And then it was like, okay, now our time is up with this lawsuit. We got to drop it. Well, and I want to clarify something. I don't think it was our attorneys. I think that there were two attorneys that said she's going to be deposed. Yeah. And I think that made the difference. I don't think they all jumped on board saying she's going to be deposed. And that was part of the problem is they kept le letting her change the dates. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I know Mike was like, nope, we're going to depose her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, I, you remember they said, well, we're going to be there tomorrow, whether she shows up or not, we're going to be all of us there waiting for her to show up. And then of course, several hours later, the motion to dismiss was filed. And I never got to depose Jet, darn it. Cause I had really good questions yes. and yeah. really good research, as you know, in the defamation lawsuit, it was alleged that you and I, the 11 other people, damaged the reputation of Whitley and Jet. Jet, I think, has laid out his reputation and talked about his character. Where is Jet now? Um, as far as I know, he's still in jail. Uh, and I don't know when he gets out. I mean, he's in jail. Whitley? Uh, well, as of today, uh, she's in jail. Um, and uh, she was arrested, I guess, what, two days ago, two nights ago, and for possession of meth. And then she has a old, um, I think last year she was had a felony DUI in Florida. And so they're holding her right now for Florida to see if they're going to... Um, send her to Florida to kind of face those charges. So they're both in jail. Yes. Is there any recourse for you to go after Jet Whitley or the people behind the defamation lawsuit to recoup your expenses? Not now. You know, we thought that there was a statute of limitations of one year. Um, we thought that it was three, but it was one you know, I think you and I had talked about it a couple of times and going back and forth. And, you know, we do have a lot of lawsuits going on and a lot of uh, moving parts. And when I did get to the point of, I think we should pursue this, you know, then the statute of limitations, lucky for them, the statute of limitations had run. So um, I think we had a 
case if uh, would have made up our mind before the statute of limitations ran. I believe that they'll reap what they sow. I believe that they are anyway. Look where they are. Yeah. The good thing is it's now on the record for millions of people to listen to what he did and how he talks, how he presents himself and what happened on the nights and days around Christian's death. And that to me is the best part of the lawsuit. His story would change in the deposition. Not hearing anything from that group of people that were very vocal during the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, they're not posting or saying anything. Well, it's um, hard to argue with it. It's his own words. I mean, he swore under oath and he's saying those things under oath. It's Jeff's words. Right. Well, and then even getting called in some lies that he never, you know, again, attorneys didn't call him on, just let him you know, say what he was going to say, but, you know, there were things that he definitely, especially around the phone record stuff, he definitely budged on. I just remember there were a lot of things surrounding the phone records and, you know, well, when I say the phone records, the timeline of the phone calls and the sleeping and the whatever that was not accurate when you compared what he said when you look at his phone records. And uh, times when, if I remember correctly, that he said that he was asleep, but his phone was in use and things like that. But I mean, I guess on the other hand, he's kind of also trapped by his statement he gave to police at the very beginning. Well, well he and Matt both, for that matter. They don't know what we have. That's the greatest part about this. They still don't know what we have. They don't know the recordings. They don't know the people we talked to. We do, they don't know what people have said on the record to us. They don't know we've got the phone records and we did a diagnostic on them, had experts look at them and trace them. So when he's talking, we already knew it all. Like I said, that was what I was surprised at, that there was just some very easily proven false statements given very easily proven since you've been through that situation you are where you are now ray what would you tell a family that's finding themselves in this situation what advice would you give them you know to me that's hard to say because i think every family's different you know every family has their, I guess you'd say breaking point or whatever, they have their own, you know, what, what for one family who may be in a similar situation, maybe they just want, you know, the public opinion to be on their side. They may not have to have the actual indictment and trial and everything, or they may just want to have their voice heard one time on, whether that's on a podcast or, uh, you know, uh, something. Then they just want their their time to like tell their side of the story or their what they want said. You know, for me that hasn't been. I, I I mean I don't mean this ugly. I mean I do care about public opinion. I do want public opinion to be obviously on our side um, because that helps you. But the end goal has always been for them to be indicted, and for you know it's not good enough for me for. I mean, I know the public opinions on our side. I mean, we have almost 37,000 people in Justice for Christian. I get messages all the time still, even though there's really not been very much publicity about Christian's case in 
a couple of years. Um, so, I mean, I, I know I have that, but, you know, public opinion doesn't hold them accountable to the degree I want them held accountable. And I think that it has made me probably too, not just in the folk and just not in the area of um, Christian's case, but just in life, it has made me such a stickler for accountability in everything, you know, at work, at, in just personal relationships. It's like, oh no, you're going to be held accountable. You know what I'm saying? It has made me a very much an advocate for accountability that, and I think that that is what law enforcement and the, the justice system as a whole lacks accountability DAs specifically because they have immunity. I mean, they can, I mean, right now, Bilbo Mitchell or Cassie Coleman could say, yep, I did that. I didn't show that evidence and I didn't whatever. And I did it. I, there's nothing we could do to them. I mean, because they have immunity. So I, I just think that um, they don't like being held accountable and they become very bitter about it. Um, you know, we recently deposed one of the investigators um, from law enforcement, and I left there thinking their their hatred and resentment of me was so palpable, you know, in the room, and the way that they addressed me, like when they would they were asked a question about me, it was never. Ray or Miss Andriacchio, it was her. She, she, you know, did this. Her, you know, it's her fault. She's the one that whatever. And they're so angry that they're being held accountable and having to because they never, they never thought it would happen. They never thought that we would know what what they said to the grand jury. They never thought that we would talk to grand jurors. We weren't supposed to ever know who they were. They didn't think that they would ever be deposed and put under oath. They didn't think, you know, all these different things. And they are very angry and bitter about that. And it doesn't bother me one bit, you know, that a lot of their careers have been damaged over this. But they brought it on themselves. It's not my fault. They blame me because I won't let it go. But they did it to themselves. Um, and not one person has ever said, you know, I'm sorry that we could have done a better job or I'm sorry that this happened to your son. Um, you know, not one time has anyone just said, I'm sorry that your family had to go through this. Um, it's been, you know, why are you doing this to us? Why are you coming after us? You're, you know, you're, you have conspiracy theories. I mean, the investigator even said, they were asked the question, do you care what happens to Christian's case? And they said, I couldn't care less what happened to his case. And that with me sitting there, they said that. And I thought, well, there's the problem right there. You could care less. Well, they, they didn't even do their basic job. Had they done their job, you wouldn't be sitting there asking them questions under oath. The fact that the evidence is coming out and showing the poor job they did and how they were less than forthcoming is what we'll say at the grand jury 
in meetings to you, to the public, that's taxpayer dollar paying their salary. And the fact that they never said, I am sorry about your loss. And I'm sorry that you're put in this position to do this because it, it shouldn't be your job. And I would think the public would be behind you. You're speaking for so many other families that can't speak up. I do admire that about you. It's just crazy to me how all the people who didn't do their job, they're now playing victim. You know, I, you know, oh, I've been, you know, this investigator, I've been, um, you know, people have called me names on social media. They, you know, um, called my work and whatever. Well, I mean, you showed my son's autopsy photos. You was on social media saying all kinds of things and about family. me and my family, all mm-hmm. kinds of things about Christian, um, things that you knew were not true, but you said them and you, you called, you know, there's been reports made that were totally false made against me. And so I have no sympathy for the, I mean, you know, I really don't, I have no sympathy for anyone who now has some consequences, whether that's their career, whether that's public opinion, whether that's because they were called an ugly name. Anything that has been done to them or said about any of them, I have received probably 10 times over. And uh, so I, I don't have any sympathy whatsoever. Jet testified that Jet Miller, Eddie Miller, Jan Miller, and Whitley Goodman all filed complaints at your work. You know, it's addressed in the deposition that they did that. Do you want to talk about it? Um, well, I really don't. I, I actually don't know too much about it. They knew that I had not done the things that they was claiming I had done. And so it was never really an issue. Why would Jet Miller, Eddie Miller, Jan Miller, and Whitley Goodman go to your work, file a false claim at your work per Jet's testimony? Why would they do that? Yeah, they do a lot of things that I don't really understand. <laughs> Their own son, Jet Miller, just called out Jan Miller and Eddie Miller, making false accusations. Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making just keep our, it simple. Uh, I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav bros. Good job. What about Cassie? I mean, if I'd been Cassie, I would have done this whole thing in a totally different way. And she would have been the hero. I mean, she would have been the DA of the year, you know. And the fact that she chose to not do that makes me wonder why. Why would you choose to not do the right thing? not be an advocate to, for the victim, not um, say, okay, hey, 
Uh, I'm new to this job. I was just appointed, new fresh set of eyes. Come in, talk to us. Let's see what we can, you know, we're what maybe could be done to make everybody feel like justice has been done. And, you know, that was never that um, approach. I've learned from doing this that some of the DAs that I've come across in my cases, I wouldn't want them representing victims. I think Cassie's one of them. I would not want her representing Christian. I think that a special prosecutor should be appointed and hopefully it will. You are shining a light on the political system, the judicial system, and the law enforcement. People are really getting to look at what happens in Meridian and Mississippi. Very unfortunate. It's unfortunate that you lost your son. You can't even grieve properly because you're constantly like whack-a-mole trying to take care of all these things. I am grateful that we got the information in the defamation case. I think the information was valuable, but I hate that you had to sit there. You had to listen to Jet, subject yourself to that. All the while, you asked one question, what happened to my son? Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's been interesting sitting and seeing these people. Um, When we, if and when we do depose, um, somebody asked me that today, actually, uh, and said, ask something about Whitley, like when, when was the last time I saw her? I said, the last time I saw Whitley um, was November 7th, 2014. It was the day that Christian's birthday we had at the house. So to sit and I, and they said, well, would you be able to sit in the room with her in a deposition? I said, oh yeah, I'd be there. Um, But I said, it's not looking at her that would bother me. I said, it's hearing her voice and knowing the little comments and snide remarks that she would make, you know, would be probably the hardest part. Do you think she could now? Cause I've seen her pictures. Her, her mug shot is quite shocking actually. You know, I don't know. I haven't, you know, I don't, like I said, I've had no contact with her. Um, so fortunately, um, so I guess hopefully we'll see. Um, oh, I hope so. Right. I really do. There was that large group of people attacking you. And I don't know why somebody would sit behind their computer in Georgia and write all those terrible things or wherever. I I just don't understand what motivates a person. Why not help the victim's mother? What I've learned through the process with you is everybody's showing themselves And in that deposition, that's who they're standing behind. They're standing behind Jet Miller, and you're hearing what he says. And you're standing behind Whitley. Okay. When Couple first came out, and that's when they really got going with the different groups and all. And Jan and Eddie were on these pages specific primarily Eddie talking about how my son would never do that my son you know has never done x y and z my son you know this that you know talking about how terrible a person Christian was and my son would never do all these things and you know well yeah your son did them all 
and more. <laughs> you had, I mean, it was almost like they was projecting onto Christian things their son had done uh, and that Christian had not done. And um, so, I mean, it was um, nice that he had to admit under oath that so many of the things that they sat there and lied because they were very well aware that he had done all these things, um, that he had to admit that, yes, I have done all these things that my parents have said I have not done. Well, and we have the evidence. Don't you feel vindicated? Uh, yes, yes. I mean, you know, of course, I, I knew they were lying because, well, again, we did, we had the evidence. We knew, you know, no, well, that's not true. That's not true. Um, but, you know, you couldn't really say anything or you, or if you did, it was still kind of like, oh yeah, you're just saying that. Um, and the bad thing is, is that 90% of the people that was behind that group knew they were lying. None of them really have any kind of credibility or integrity. Well, and the people that piled on that have moved on to other cases and are doing that to other families, sooner or later, it'll catch up to them. But sitting in that room with you, you handled it so well. And I feel like the reason I fought hard for us to get this and the um, gag order to be removed is to show people exactly who Jed is and exactly who you're standing behind. And good for you. You got to harm a family and, and say all these things. I hope you hear this. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, stuck around and did, and did this because I think it was um, important for people to see the process and to see that you can't go by everything that in Facebook or wherever. Um, and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that's just anybody, not just them, but um, it definitely uh, is, was a learning experience. Thank you for doing this tonight. I appreciate it because I know your time's valuable with the grandkids. Mm -hmm. Next episode, we'll be back with Jet Miller's defamation lawsuit and his deposition.